0: Hey, guys, it's Jay from Masters of None. If you're checking out the show specifically to hear this Kevin Conroy interview and you're new to the show, definitely want to invite you to check out mastersofnone.com and check out our episode guide and go back, find some other cool superhero topic shows that we've done in the past, some of our Comic-Con live shows and interviews, et cetera, et cetera. So check that out, mastersofnone.com, and if you'd like You do want to just skip ahead to the Kevin Conroy interview. It's right at the 35-minute mark, and the rest of the show is just a freestyle of us kind of BSing about uh, our own show and some emails we've gotten and generally goofing on each other, which is kind of what we do best. This is Optimus Prime,
1: and you are listening to The Master's of None. This is Masters of None. There's another podcast out there called Masters of None. I checked them out; they're very funny guys. A comedy podcast that doesn't suck. Hello, this is Weird Al Yankovic, and you're listening to Masters of None.
2: Masters of None, mm. the
0: podcast is a comedy podcast that they say doesn't suck.
1: Okay. Hey everybody, this is Gilbert J. Fry from Futurama. The comedy podcast that doesn't suck.
0: I'm not sure what it means, but that's why I'm going to keep listening. Until I find out,
3: we talk about and debate the best and worst of pop culture. Man, interview celebs and often make offensive jokes. <laughs> <laughs> no way, that's awesome. Bring it right no back. Way. Masters of None. It's a comedy podcast, and it does not suck.
2: Brought to you by the Simply Syndicated Network and lubricated by Blue Point Beer. What's
0: going on, everybody. It's Masters of None. I'm Jay. With me is Art, you, and Mike. Hello. And this is a freestyle episode where we're going to just kind of bullshit about whatever so what's up fellas oh you
2: know stuff busy <laughs> working.
0: <laughs> yeah congratulations you're now a full-time employee employer yes of the
2: i'm very excited man it's it's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of fun and it's the first time in a while that i've actually enjoyed going to work every day
0: nice dude so you have regular hours or it shifts depending on what's going on over there or what how's that work
2: yeah i uh yeah i do a lot of the events most of the events so if so depending on if there's like an event at night i'll have to like change my hours accordingly and it just kind of sucks right now because like i really don't my, know my schedule like week to week but eventually i'll actually know like a month out what everything's going on so i'll be, I'll yeah,
0: be one are the rich fun. jewish people booking like last minute bar mitzvahs like, Dude. we forgot to book giant stadium we better oh. book this for tomorrow hey i hope mike can work the stadium,
2: <laughs> could you, uh, we have to give you 7,000 slides of a montage of a 13-year-old boy. Can you put it on the big screen for 35 minutes?
0: Does the Jumbotron work with PowerPoint 2003? Because it's
3: cheaper than 2010. <laughs> most importantly, is it kosher? <laughs>
2: We have to come in and bless everything.
0: X L X. It's cheaper than X L X X. You know what I'm saying? This is computer jargon. Hey,
3: this is what <laughs> we do here. Who when you have a file mitzvah, extension at Live Stadium,
0: <laughs> who likes file extension humor? Mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: Did you update your flash? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Why can't I embed a video for the Jumbotron? I don't have the right codec! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, first world problems. Holy cow. Yeah, but it's fun. My flash drive is not compatible with the scoreboard at the stadium. What should I do? Do you people
2: accept zip drives? (laughs)
3: You're also doing like some John McClane shit, huh?
2: Yeah, climbing pylons <laughs> and fucking—I'm all over the place, dude. It's crazy. Like today, today I actually was—you're
3: uh, the new uh, MacGyver.
2: I was—I was—I was changing out 20, 20 amplifiers.
3: <laughs> what?
0: How did yeah. they? How did twenty amplifiers die at the same time? It's a network thing, bro. Slow-mo likes the Harlem Shake.
2: <laughs> they used too much bass and the equalizer went out. Didn't work.
0: <laughs> I didn't know MetLife had a subwoofer limit.
2: <laughs> More like a Met Half-Life, am I right?
3: <laughs> Sorry, John Travolta. <laughs> I don't know.
2: My the Jewish, Jewish John Travolta. My Jewish imitation is slowly turning into a Brooklyn accent. <laughs> <laughs> Oy, with the with the and the <laughs>
0: now you Woody Allen yeah oh good stuff so anyway. um yeah so anyway we got an email you guys <laughs> should we read it <laughs> we did we did it's been a while since we've got any sort of email about feedback on the show <laughs> yeah and usually they're positive right? <laughs> But it's good every now and then to get a negative one.
2: Yeah, it is good to be, you know, dropped down a peg. We got air sure. checked. We
0: did. <laughs> this one comes from our pal Stephen from Australia. Here it is to mastersofnunshow at gmail.com, which we encourage you to email us. Let us know. Do you agree? Do you disagree? We wanna know. We wanna know. Why? Should we increase the power points? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Should we put up the resolution level to perhaps above 72? I'm not sure.
0: Maybe you should extend your desktop to the jumbotron, I don't know. I'm really disappointed with your latest episode, guys. I've been struggling with your podcast lately. I've been listening for years and loving it, so have we. but the but the last <laughs> But the last two seasons have been really slowly dropping in quality. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the
0: latest one with the comedian Who is desperately trying to justify his DUI Is just the worst
2: <laughs> Wait, should
0: I read this in a Jewish accent? Sure, the go The latest ahead. one with the comedian Who is trying to justify his DUI Is just the waste. Can
3: you do Jewish-Australian?
0: <laughs> yeah sure. I'm from Australia So I avoid nothing
2: Yeah
3: <laughs> <laughs> Terrible, it's like the dude from Futurama.
0: <laughs> That's not a knife. This is a knife.
2: That's a. Uh, a knife? Perhaps you're gonna stab somebody with it? I'm not sure.
0: <laughs> Can I? Call and we're getting hate mail. With this Go knife? figure.
3: <laughs>
0: this next email is from Israel. Where uh...
3: <laughs> we'll plant a tree in somebody's name.
0: All right, I'm from Australia, and I've heard nothing about this incident before your show. And even hearing his side of this story makes me think he's a fucking moron. Hear that, Hugh Murray? He could have slept in the passenger seat or the back seat. He got a, ta- or get a taxi home the next day. He could have done that. Instead, he chose to drive home like a selfish fucking asshole. And you guys can't help but back him up on his piss poor judgment. Why? Because he is famous or a friend of the show? Fuck that. Uh, as I mentioned, I was debating whether to keep listening to your show because of the quality dropping. It used to be that you would make funny, insightful comments on the topic, but lately it's just repeating the same grandiose, hilarious comment from a past episode or earlier in the show until it is grating. I blame Art
2: for that one. <laughs> Call Cob- Oh, wait a minute.
3: Call
0: Cob- oh. oh. I can't tell when you stop making fun of the zany shock jock DJ personality. This is where it hurts. Or became them. Oh. Uh-oh. I have a master's of none degree from way back when. I've heard the crayon episode. At least that was funny in an original way. Please try to raise the bar for an old fan. Cheers, Steve. All
2: right. I have a couple of comments. Number one. I don't like anybody who ends their fucking emails in cheers. (laughs) (laughs) That's number one. Number two. I do You... you were correct, you made some really good points there, Steve, until you <laughs> brought up the fact that the crayon episode was hilarious in its own way. <laughs> that was a fucking abortion on wheels that was terrible and that's Wait, the only it, it reason didn't even have it was an abortion on cinderblocks <laughs> it, it was somebody <laughs> stole the
0: wheels and left it on cinder blocks. It was you probably know the commodores
2: oh, uh, that was terrible um, These guys know the commodores Dad? you you kind of dropped a little bit there in your uh your validity but yeah i I mean i think i I kind of agree a little bit it's 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 gets it gets you know it's hard man This shit's hard kind (laughs) of sort of
0: yeah the first few years were easy right and 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 i wrote back I i wrote back you know steve you know sorry i feel that way but i really personally don't mostly agree but i can understand your feelings and hope to bring it back around and then he wrote a big email about how I think the DWI thing hit him in a way that kind of set him off. Yeah. Which, and I thought, I thought of that. I didn't want to put it in my email back to him, but uh, he agrees that I was right, and something may have happened at some point to him. But, but he says, you know, he's he's not trying to be a dick, but he loves the show, and he wanted to keep it, you know, not to be an asshole. But he's like, trying to be
2: motivational. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, ro- I wrote, I wrote him back. You wrote him too. What'd you say?
3: I just said thanks for uh, the feedback. We always love it, no matter what. And I said uh, we'll try harder. I said uh, here's a video that will keep me uh, keep us in check, and it was the DMX slipping video. And then uh, I said it was probably my fault because I don't laugh as much as I used to. That's true.
0: That's right. I'm just a sad, sad clown now. <laughs> Tears of a <the> clown.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: but uh, this is but, what you know, it he- sounds like when doves cry. <laughs> 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 and uh, he did. He did.
0: You know peel back a little bit uh, after I emailed him back and he said you know I." but he said he, I do know the original worst Christmas songs had me in tears from laughing so much it hasn't quite been the same lately uh, and he feels like a jackass but I said no dude it's it's valid and you know what tastes change and it, like you said it is I sent him back I was like it is fucking hard to keep up <laughs> the quality of anything I yeah. mean right. literally anything dude like right. nothing is ever as great as you know everything's got its Plateau, you know, like where it's going to be as awesome as it's ever going to be, and then it's going to decline. It's going to go in waves, you know, and right.
2: And like, you know, like for for example, here's here's a good example. You know, we try to we've we've kind of hit a, a wall with like the number of different topics that we've had. Like the we yeah, kinda it's, run through. It's the hard same. To come up with new shit. Yeah, so we kind of run through the same kind of theme of topics. So occasionally, one of us will bring up a new idea for like a new maybe set a theme of topics that we can do and like i brought up one recently that fell flat on its face um which that, one was that that was i was the I family feud the, the family feud thing and uh, oh yeah well tell we'll explain it okay this is Here, this
0: is inside this is what the I wanted podcast to do. with the masters of
2: none i basically wanted to do it where you know because to kind of kind of get the audience involved a little bit more and and our and our listeners and fans and everything and friends and go on like the Facebook and the, 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 the mail, the the mail list, the mailing list, Twitter, and Twitter, and all that shit. And just throw out a random question. Just throw out a, a random like survey type question. Like we surveyed a hundred people and then we, ta- then we take the results and uh, the results and who, you know, what was most said, and then talk about the top five out of that out of that answer and then that just kind of becomes the show so the question that i posed was name something you get asked at a uh at a job interview what's a question that you would get asked at a job (laughs) yeah and and then basically what i wanted to do is i wanted to take the top five answers or top three answers or whatever and then do a show around those questions and then just make it like a whole big like you know job interview kind of you know whatever right, it which would like a normally
0: guide. become like yeah poser's guide right so just kind of do interviews. it that way
2: but to get more people involved in the show so anyway post a post a question on the facebook and of course everybody's a fucking comedian <laughs> <laughs> everybody's like i don't know I, my question was why aren't you wearing pants and like it, that was like every other one and i was like okay there we go that's just not gonna work <laughs> i think he, i
0: think you needed to set it up properly though that's the problem
2: you need yeah. To go, but, okay guys yeah it's uh, yeah
0: it's a weird thing though for us because nobody expects us to ask for a serious question true anymore. but I, right, but so you're but he, a victim of your own circumstance i totally
2: was, <laughs> I totally was. <laughs> it was frankenstein's monster is what it was, it was your own question snapped your own neck by accident <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but i still want to do like i still want to do a show because the, what made me think of it was, I, I have an idea for a show topic, but I kind of wanted to get more people involved in it because I couldn't think of too many answers. but um, something about like ordinary, like ordinary everyday items that most people have a difficult time using, like <laughs> items you come across in you know more than once, once in a blue moon that a lot of people have difficulty using, and two, my top two right now are microphones. As always. And, <laughs> and, uh, and barcode scanners.
0: <laughs> so, so why can't you just ask, what what's a normal everyday object that people can't just seem to figure out?
2: Because then we get 18 people saying, dildos! Dildos!
0: Yeah. <laughs> <Jinx>. Sombreros! <Yeah.
2: laughs> Your mom's vibrator. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, well, that's just one minor portion of that question but yeah I mean the real answer to that is yeah it's fucking hard to do this for five plus years and make it awesome every time and you know when you've already done all the things you thought of them it's like you know when a band makes their first album that's like all the best shit they've come up with in their whole lives <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and then the second album that's why like so many people shit the bed on the sophomore album the sophomore <laughs> jinx sophomore because jinx. now you have like six months to come up with another thing as great as it took you your whole life to come up with the first time
3: right it's not like,
0: like ace of car. base yeah. <laughs> yeah totally yeah what happened. where's yeah, their second good, album though. But, yeah, I mean, answers. that's that's a minor part of it. I mean, you guys are doing other podcasts. You know, I've got other shit going on. And, you know, maybe we don't donate as much time to it as we used to when it was the only thing we, do- we did for fun. That's probably a little part of it. But, I mean, we just try and do our thing. I don't think it's really slipped much. It's, you know, I, I like to gauge it as, like, when I have a fucking really hard laugh Per show Like there's usually One moment per show (laughs) Where I fucking Laugh my balls off And maybe it's Every other show But
3: (laughs) But, Except this season
0: Mm. yeah like last week in the bracket show it may have been long and not as good as it should have been but i definitely laughed my fucking balls off at least twice in that episode (laughs) totally that's enough for me i mean we do it for us because it's fucking fun and it reminds us of when we did radio all the good shit that we did and that's that's really why we do it that and the free beer and (laughs) we just appreciate anybody that comes along with us for the ride as as far as you know the way i see it anyway
2: yeah so what was it is steve was his name steve
0: yeah, Steve. And you know, there's tons of podcasts that I used to listen to that I don't listen to anymore because other shows have come along that I like better and those kind of fall to the wayside. And that's okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm okay with that. You know, there's always new people coming aboard and other people kind of falling off. And most of the shows I listen to, I choose by either the topic or the guest that are on. That's when I listen to them. Other times I don't because I'm not interested in that person or topic. And. That's okay too. There's no need to feel fucking guilty about it. So
2: no, no, no need to feel guilty. But also, uh, also that's that doesn't let us off the hook either. So here's here's what here's here's my promise to you, Steve. I promise that I'm gonna be a little bit more. Because because honestly, exactly what Jay was saying before. Everybody's got their shit going on aside from this. So it's like you know, and I like like me, I just got this new job and just got married and all this fucking other bullshit. So it's like you know, trying to juggle everything, but at the same time. I'm, standing, I'm sitting around like thousands of dollars worth of gear <laughs> right now that I bought f- you know, specifically for this. So I obviously take it a little seriously. So here's what I'm going to do, Steve. I'm going to promise you, me personally, I'm going to take this a little bit more seriously. I'm going to prep a little bit more just for you, Steve. I'm going to be thinking about you the entire time I'm doing <laughs> it. I'm, I promise to try to do better. How about that?
0: I'm going to wake up early. and I'm going to jog every morning. <laughs> yep. Just to make my podcasting gonna...
2: better. I'm gonna do push-ups with my gear on my back. You're in the kitchen now. Wow, wow. that's harsh. That's Jesus harsh, Christ. bro. I'm gonna put your I'm gonna put your email address on like a like, on the mirror like Rocky, and I'm just gonna do push-ups as I'm staring at your email address. <laughs> Steve, Steve,
0: I'm gonna have you fly you to America and punch and kill my black friend. There you go. How about that. Wait i <laughs> the <laughs> uh, But anyway, let us know if you feel the same as Steve, or if you think Steve's totally wrong. Email us, masters of an at gmail.com. So yeah, there's that. In other news, I watched a Pitch Perfect. Have you guys seen this yet?
2: Yes, I saw it on an airplane.
0: Oh, uh, you you Mike you was- love that. My when I was watching this with Kate, I'm like, this is Mike's favorite movie of all time.
2: Wait a minute, hold on, time out. Is this <laughs> the one with fucking Hugh Grant and Drew Barrymore? <laughs> no. <laughs> What are you fucking talking Pitch about?
0: It's perfect, dude. You don't know this? This is the cool acapella movie all the kids are talking about. Everyone's making YouTube videos with the cups and singing the songs and banging the cups. You don't know this? What? No. Dude, this is why Straight No Chaser is getting a movie, you guys. I figured it out, okay. the formula. So some movie guy said, oh, yeah, Glee's popular. And they said that five years ago. And then finally someone gave him a few million bucks to make an acapella movie. And now there's an mm-hmm. acapella movie. But they did it right because it's got a great cast. It's got super hot chicks. It's got Anna Kendrick in it. It's got the fucking Adam Devine from Workaholics is in it. It's got an awesome cast. It's fucking funny. It's like the Bad News Bears meets college acapella groups.
3: Did you buy stock in this movie?
0: (laughs) It's fucking really funny. And the soundtrack is great. It's got acapella. It's got mashups. It's like the number five selling soundtrack in the country, apparently. And the movie's blowing up. All All the... the elementary school and middle school kids are making videos
2: are you executive producer credit on this
0: <laughs> i wish dude it's <laughs> it's a great little fucking underground like indie comedy movie and uh all the kids are do- making youtube videos now because she does a part where she auditions for the acapella groups and she like sings like a f- an old folk song but she takes like a, a solo cup and does like a whole like she like plays drums on it kind of and that that's like going to be like a radio single now cuz like all the kids now are making youtube videos of this bit she did with the cup and singing the song.
3: Did one of your so balls drop off or? That's like a huge or? viral
0: thing. Now. <laughs> but it's a great movie. It's it a great like movie, shit, dude. No, <laughs> it's not. It's not at all. <laughs> no. Yeah, happen? Dude, watch it and maybe it'll be in the secret media folder. I don't know maybe maybe if you remember that maybe maybe it'll also have Steve. German subtitles I don't know maybe. <laughs> <laughs> for whatever reason I'm just saying you
2: look good at a tube top <laughs> <laughs> wow uh, we Dude. went from Jew to German jokes I don't
0: like yeah, it yeah but it's it's great I'm telling you it's fucking it's funny it's got hot chicks for the guys it's got comedy it's got a good cast and
3: tries for the guys girls
0: for the girls it's good it's like the new underground hit that's sleep of the day it's reaching the beaches wait All that right. didn't rhyme it reaches
2: the beaches i'll watch the trailer i'm something. telling you it's good well if it's in the media folder then you know and, if it and that's why there.
0: that's why straight no chaser is getting moved because this was like a little like seven million dollar indie flick and it made like 65 million bucks so they're like glee pitch perfect we need another acapella movie what else we got Straight out there? Is
3: called Guys on Ramps, <laughs>
0: <laughs> and that's why there's going to be a Straight No Chaser movie, you guys. Wow,
2: that, that think, explains uh, it all. I just can't wait until they're, the, they're the looking for the seen next of the Straight thing. No Chaser movie where you just see me sleeping in my car. <laughs> <laughs> Here's that podcast guy passed out. <laughs> anyway, anyway, back to us on ramps. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow. Okay. Because Good. they can make it for next to nothing, the soundtrack is going to sell, and that's it they'll make a $5 million movie about an acapella group and they'll make $10 million and they'll sell CDs or albums or whatever. And boom, there you go. You made money.
3: And in, in other news, Jay goes to the, uh, restaurant for the four uh, o'clock dinner special. Then he gets home and watch Matlock.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he has to eat so he can take his back pill.
0: <laughs> That's fine. Watch the movie and then tell me I'm wrong. All right. All right. So what and- else is <laughs> going on with you fellers? <laughs>
3: Speaking of movies, I saw Wreck-It Ralph finally.
2: Yay! Oh yeah, good shit.
3: And when you pause it, Chris Hardwick comes on, and it's like a special bonus level, going with like the whole video game theme.
2: That's fucking crazy. I didn't realize that. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, guys, great job hey, watching this
3: movie. Guys, good job. Hey, you're watching a movie. That's great. Yeah.
2: Hey, wait a- Hey, wait to hit pause.
0: Yeah. Good job. <laughs> wait to pause the movie.
3: You're not gonna miss any parts while you go pee. No, great job. And and watching that movie, one of the things I take away from that is that they got the rights to Street Fighter, but not Mortal Kombat. They have Kano, but he he doesn't refer to himself as Kano.
0: Really? Yeah. Yeah. If his likeness is in it, they got the rights he could have if he wanted to. What do they call him?
3: Nano. Nano?
0: No, they don't. (laughs) Fucking liar. You would say Nano. No, it's
3: just, they don't, like, he looks a little bit different, but I mean, he he pulls out the person's heart and all that stuff. I mean, it's just, it's Kano, but it's not. I thought it was kind of funny
2: i like that movie a lot that movie was really really fucking good um i can't believe
0: Art. Right, now that you've seen that and brave who should have won the oscar market ralph yeah totally of course i'm right? fucking tired of handing the oscars to pixar every fucking year it's bullshit yeah more like osc don't am i
3: right <laughs>
0: sorry, Steve. sorry. I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> that was undeserved, Michael. Was yes, it was. Mike missed the joke, just like Steve does. Mm-hmm. You fucking yeah, suck. You going to send me some emails now? Tell me how I suck, Mike? Is that it? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I love how this is just slowly d- d- deteriorating and you the just hating Steve. The,
0: Steve Re- <laughs> the Steve retaliation show. <laughs> That's what this is going to be called. <laughs> fuck you, Steve. This episode's going to be called... <laughs> The fuck, one. The fuck you, Steve? Freestyle.
3: <laughs> Steve's worth the first. <laughs>
2: <laughs> top eight and a half, Steve. These the are dude, all jokes, of course. Dude, yeah, the dude backed off, man. I he think, I down. think
0: if Steve is a true fan, he he gets it. Yeah.
2: He gets the facts that we're not really, <laughs> we're not really hating on him. It, it, not at all. <laughs> his his uh, criticisms were taken. Steve right sucks moment,
3: or rules. Let's maybe. go. <laughs>
2: Worst Australian names go Of all time (laughs) Number
3: one Steve Steve (laughs) (laughs) And Jay with the winner everybody
0: We got Art's Kevin Conroy interview Coming up in a little bit Yep How was that Art? Was that
2: one of your heroes?
3: Yeah it was cool I mean You
2: guys That's fucking incredible dude Yeah I mean I I
3: think Mike watches So Jay did you even watch Like uh, the animated series Back in the day Like uh, the 90's The Batman animated series At all or no? No I'm a grown up Alright You did Mike I take it Is it (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> yes i watched it all the time man it was the best yeah and of course he's, and, uh, when did you
0: guys watch this how old were you when you were watching this uh-huh. doesn't he still do it now though is he still well really? he does
3: like the animated series is dumb. he does the video does games, the video games yeah. and he does you know animated uh movies and shit
0: is there still currently a batman series on now the cartoon or no uh I don't not know. anymore i don't think so now it's have over no idea. yeah so it was just uh, in the 90s this guy did this
3: yeah but then like he's he does stuff for, like, he gets flo- flown out to Comic-Cons and all that stuff because of the video games and the different movies and stuff. Oh.
0: Yeah, he did the watch two Welcome
2: games.
3: <laughs> what?
0: <laughs> I said watch out. Yeah, right? He gets flown out to Comic-Cons, huh?
2: Yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: Not only does Jay hate Steve, he hates Kevin. <laughs> so what do you do for a living? Uh, get flown out to Comic-Cons.
2: Like <laughs> what do you, watch, <laughs> guy? <Yeah.
0: laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, he does have clout. I mean, people, when we did, like, the greatest Batman of all time, people were like, him, the cartoon guy, the voice guy. Yeah.
3: yeah. Conroy, man. It was kind of cool learning about, you know, he went to Juilliard, and uh, he was in the same class as uh, Robin Williams and Kevin Klein and some other people, and it was kind of cool to hear the stories of that. And he said that uh, during, like, uh, what, uh, the improv classes and stuff, like, Robin Williams would just pretty much beat everybody hands down everyone's like yeah i mean it was very you know competitive and stuff but he said that robin williams would just outshine everybody and was like all right let's just watch robin williams do his thing
2: you know, cocaine's right. a hell of a drug <laughs> hell yeah right on so art what other uh, interviews have you been hoarding <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh mostly like former bills like andre reid jim kelly <laughs>
0: yeah what's are, are yeah, you what's, like what's are that? you fucking the head of the bills pr <laughs> department what's <laughs> <It's>, going on <laughs>
3: No, I just reached out to a couple people, and they were like, yeah, sure. like it just happened. They're like, yeah, you want to interview Jim Kelly? I'm like, sure. I'm like, what about some other people? They're like, "Cool," like Andre Reid? They're like, all right, cool, yeah. And then... Uh,
0: Steve Tasker? Not sure. Not yet, yeah. Not Scott Norwood? Yet. Oh, yeah.
2: <laughs> Art's godfather is fucking Marv Levy.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you finally read my bio. Nice.
2: Yeah, nice.
3: Uh, Richard Dent from the Chicago Bears. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. much it. But, that's, but uh... Uh, you guys got real-time jobs, man. I just...
2: Yeah, it's cool, but I remember, you know, back in the day, we'd get these, hey, we get these texts, hey, are you interested in uh, interviewing so-and-so? Yeah, yeah, sure, that'd be great. Oh, what time is it? Oh, you know, I really can't do it. But, oh, maybe I can s- sneak out for a bit, let me do it real quick. And then, now it's like, now all of a sudden it's like, listen to Art's interview with Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you're just like, what?
0: <laughs> it used to be like, oh, it's like, hey, you guys want to interview Christopher Lloyd? <laughs> now it's like, yeah, right. oh, hey, listen to Art's interview with the defensive tackle from the 1996 (laughs) Buffalo Bills.
2: Fresh off his retirement, here's Pope Benedict. (laughs) 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 On this week's episode of Hanging with Art.
0: (laughs) Oh, oh, the yeah. good old no wonder Steve hates us now. Yeah, <laughs> oh, was the last time we had anybody good on Steve. Now we have just DWI convicts.
2: Nick Roll, <laughs> <about> Nick, <laughs> <laughs> no? Nick, Nick Kroll was a good get, but he was kind of boring to be honest with you. As an interview, you know what, went.
0: you know what, though? The thing with those, the comedians is like they're at their best when they're not being interviewed yeah <laughs> that's the thing with them like
2: we didn't like you, whenever <laughs> like
0: the best bit with nick roll was like before we started the actual interview yeah when we were just fucking with each other
2: yeah well that, that but that's but that's the point is like i would rather just fucking bullshit like i you know obviously when we get these people on you we have to plug whatever they're doing
3: sorry sorry i'm getting them.
2: no <laughs> <laughs> no we Did have, have yeah. to
3: deal with steve I get to, them and they're like, well, we have to talk about this. We have to put, pl- no, we, we, the have the plug the, we
2: have to plug what they're doing, you know, and that like, that like eats up and some, some of them have limited time. So if we have to plug what they're doing, that like takes up like most of the shit. But if you get you actually get a good, you, you get a good guest and you like, you're able to have them for a while. After a while, you just kind of break down. They just kind of break them down, and then you just kind of talk about whatever. Like that's why that Christopher Lloyd interview was great, and the Walton Goggins interview way back when. Those oh, were great. Yeah. those were great because well, they were, I think they were long, and, and we just kind of like started bullshitting about whatever. Like Christopher Lloyd, like Jay, you started talking about the cartoon he voiced or whatever, and we started mm-hmm. talking about his he started yelling at you. Yeah, his summer <laughs> his summer stock play up in fucking New Hampshire or wherever the fuck Vermont. like that was Vermont. Yeah, whatever moose it was. Moose snuckle
3: beer.
0: Moose, moose drool. But, he, but even like the Pod soup episode, I think we we did a couple weeks ago with JT. You know, my who's my buddy. Yeah. You know, and he's still like an up and coming comedian. But I think it was good. Like I remember laughing my fucking ass off many times because we're just going off. We're just bullshit. He's just like doing the show with us. Yeah, yeah, we're not just talking about whatever the, whatever he's working on.
2: Right. Yeah, so it's, uh, you know, like it's unfortunate because I don't know. I don't know how you guys fucking prepare for like interviews and shit. But for me now, it's just I get a couple of basic questions to plug whatever the hell they want. And then I just kind of go off on what they're talking about and start talking about real shit, you know? Yeah,
0: that's why I like when we can incorporate like lesser known people when it's not a we know celebrities into whatever topic we're doing. Yeah. Which is cool. So, I mean.
2: No, it's it's really honestly it's.
0: But it's fun when we can get people for like a half hour. Yeah. Because we can plug their shit for 10 minutes. And then you can get into just doing whatever the fuck we want to talk about.
2: The cat, the caliber of of guests that we've had over the years has been fucking unbelievable. Art, so totally. Yeah, that, and that's all you, man. I mean, for you know, for not really. I mean, Jay, you've
3: gotten some. Mike, you've gotten some. It's not just me.
2: But, but I mean, you've gotten a lot of them, and it's just like it's one of those things where it's like. What, what did you say? We in, You interviewed Norman Reedus, and then next week he was on the cover of People Magazine. I mean, it's like...
0: No, the same week he was on the cover of Entertainment, Entertainment Weekly. Yeah. that's it, or whatever. We had an interview the same week as Entertainment Weekly, yeah. and it was on their cover. Right. Oh, and I didn't know he had such a fucking insane, like, dude. stalkery wow. internet fan base. As, as
3: is soon as we... That started you, the Boondock stuff. That, like, when yeah. uh, he was on the Boondock Saints, man, they were like the Boondock Bettys, and then ever since...
2: We had a and, and, lot of followers on Twitter just after that Jesus. alone.
0: I know it's too bad he couldn't tweet us out the fucking interview. that have uh, yeah, been ridiculous. Okay. The, the cr- uh, yeah, we got some love from that for sure.
3: The crazy thing for that too is, uh, you know, in the interview, and I, I didn't know that they didn't have a part for him. But after they read it, you know, after he read it, they were like, you know, they call him back, and they were, you know, he knew that Michael Rooker was going to take. Uh, the position he's like wait he's not taking it he's like no we're writing something else for you and it's like wow it was just crazy to hear that he was like this is what I really wanted to do and I I love how he said like I was auditioning for buddy buddy cop shows and this and that and you know legal drama he's like but I saw Walking Dead I said wow this is original this is something new and it's something like probably like Steve would like because it's original and funny and just new instead of the same old same (laughs) (laughs) yeah
0: because his character is not in the books at all yeah
3: and that yeah, last, yeah, that I mean, did cool everybody when, see the last episode by the way yeah
0: no I'm still a couple behind okay, I just did a marathon because so, right. my family's been away for a week I watched like s- the whole second half of the third season but I'm like two behind still all right.
3: are you guys watching the black and white at all or no no I don't no. understand that why would you it's
0: stupid.
2: stupid it's like oh why I want to watch clerks and zombies at the same time what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> what's happening
0: I think it might be because you know the night of the living dead original was in black and white Mike who gives you a go? fuck I agree, it's stupid.
2: I don't like the. the
0: <laughs> yeah, let's air everything with
2: a purple tint to it.
0: Yeah. Right. And oh, sepia. <laughs> here's, let's do
2: sepia. Here's sep- sepia tones. <laughs> old timey. It makes it look old timey. Lindsay Lohan. <laughs> uh, yeah. Dateline, 1942.
0: There's zombies <laughs> all around. Zombies doing the Charleston
2: down Broadway.
3: <laughs> Captain America
0: look at the gams on this zombie
3: (laughs) Um. speaking of The Walking Dead have you heard about the video game though? what about it? it's all about Norman Reedus right? Norman Reedus and uh, Rooker and uh, everyone is just bashing it on the internet
0: did you ask Norman Reedus if it like it was if Michael Rooker is really as crazy as he appears. He's supposed to be.
3: Oh, did, no one, did you, you guys watch The Talking... It. No, I didn't, but did you guys watch The Talking Dead? Oh, no, you didn't, Jay, but did you, wa- no, did you watch The Talking
0: Dead? Ha- I don't have an hour to watch a show about the hour show I just watched.
2: That's stupid, too. Did, <laughs> no, if insanity. you watch...
3: Mike, if you, you watch the last one... Did you, you, uh, you guys, all right, I'm not going to say anything because I don't want to spoil it for Jay, but no, I think... You
0: can spoil The Talking Dead. Yeah, out. you can spoil no, The, you the can spoil Dead. You can spoil the show that talks about the show, although unless they're going to talk... You're gonna talk about them talking about the spoilers <laughs> that I didn't see yet.
3: No, I won't.
2: If they're talking about the talking points of the spoilers, <laughs> talking are you gonna?
3: Uh, that's one of the uh, catchphrases, the Inception horn. Yeah. Nice.
0: Sorry, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime. What are you gonna say? Were they talking just about Rooker? No, no, Rooker.
3: No, just like I'm not. They weren't talking about Rooker. They were just just watching him. During the whole thing was great. Just he was interacting with the crowd and he was on
0: the show. Oh, he was on it?
3: He was on the show. Yeah, him Uh, and the governor were on the show. And uh, it was, Rooker is like, you can tell he's just out there.
0: Yeah, I hear he's literally legitimately crazy. After
3: the whole Chocolate Pretzel incident, I heard they just went south.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The dysentery just went through his brain. We should probably wrap it up because we're well over our time, you guys. We got to get to this important Kevin Conroy interview, The Voice of Batman.
2: Do it. Anything Uh, you want to do to set it up there, Art? Anything cool you asking about? What's he, the, what's he yeah. promoting?
0: Yeah, what's he promoting?
3: Uh, new video game, Injustice, coming out. It's kind of like uh, from the creators of Mortal Kombat. A new Batman game? Bat, it's a DC universe. It's like a fighting game with uh, all the characters. It's, cool. it's oh, all
0: sh- DC, or yeah. is it like DC versus Capcom or Marvel
2: again?
3: Nope, just all DC. All yeah.
2: DC fighting game? I saw the trailer for this. Yeah. It looks fucking great. Yeah, it's kind
3: of a... I don't know. There's a, there's a plot line to it. There's not just, it's not just about fighting, but there's a... It's, like the, it's
2: it. like the last uh, DC fighting game. All right, folks. Here's
0: Art's interview with the voice of Batman, Kevin Conroy. We'll talk to you next time. See you.
3: See
2: you. Hey,
3: everyone. It's Art Eddie and on the line. I'm happy to have Kevin Conroy, who you know as the voice of Batman. Thanks for coming to the show today, Kevin. How are you doing?
1: Good to be here. Glad you asked me.
3: Pleasure all on this side. I do have to say, I watched Batman, the animated series. You have forever, not just I know millions of fans, but of course for me, Forever, you became the voice of Batman. Kind of take me back to the role back in 1992 when you got the role and how you came up with a voice for Batman and Bruce Wayne.
1: It was one of those very, very lucky moments that just happened. I mean, I'd been working in the business since I was... I, I started working in New York when I was about 17 okay. and went to Juilliard and uh, did a lot of theater and then did a lot of television after that. So I'd been, you know, supporting myself and working as an actor for a long time. And then I uh, found myself in L.A. doing a TV series. And um, I had a voiceover uh, agent. I had been doing commercial voiceovers. And he said, you know, they're doing this new show over at Warner Brothers. Uh, they're looking for animation voices. Um, have you ever done any animation? Well, I said, no, I've, I've never done that. He said, well, why don't you go over and give it a shot? Just, you know, use your imagination. Talk to them about it. They're, they're, they're seeing hundreds of people. They're, they're uh, looking at all kinds of different actors. Um, so I really went in out of the blue. I had no background in animation. Um, I didn't even know a lot about the Batman legend. Okay. Uh, when I went in, I met Bruce Timm and Andrea Romano and Paul Dini. And I said, now, the only thing about Batman I didn't know is the, the, the 70s TV show with you know, Adam West, and they said, no, 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 That's That's not at all. That's not what we're doing. That's not what we're doing. I said, I'm glad I asked you. So I said, it's not Zim, Zim, Bop, Bowie, you know, they said, no, no. <laughs> so, you know, Bruce Kim is this really, you know, they're, they're all these heavy, heavy, uh, artistic writers and researchers. So they were heavy into the whole dark night, um, ethos. Yeah. So they told me the story of, you know, the Bob Kane legend and, uh, um, the history of it, lost his both his parents as a child in a horrific, uh, violent scene, and he's been raised by uh, this butler um, in this mansion. Uh, he's been living his life to avenge their deaths, and it, it, it became this very dark kind of um, noir feel to it, and they said, oh, yeah, it's going to be a very dark palette. It's going to be very, like, 40s movie, um, very dark. Uh, think of that, and I said, well, let me just use my imagination and get into that that kind of head. And I I went a totally different direction than I thought I was going to when I went in there. I was expecting to you know kind of like a almost a Dudley Do Right voice, you know, a real a real cartoony kind of hero. And then I I ended up you know getting into this very um, mysterious kind of husky, uh, what I considered a dark sound and a mysterious sound and. Uh, and I saw them get really excited in the booth, and they they said, "We love the the instinct you have for this the direction you're going, so I ended up working with them for you know maybe maybe twenty minutes that day and um i i did i figured I either nailed it or I was so off base you know they they reacted strongly, so I knew it was either really right on or I was way off
3: okay
1: <laughs> so um uh, I, I nailed it. So it's that was just a lucky, um, sort of hand in glove kind of thing. I think all my theater training uh, and the background I had just made me ripe for interpreting that character at that moment. Um, and the other thing is, you know, for every role, there are usually six or seven actors who would do it just as well, who are who are just as good at playing the role. It's just a question of of getting there that day and lucking out and getting it and I was just very lucky that day that I got it. Whatever you test for any network series, you always go to the studio uh, and meet all the executives and you audition literally on a stage in front of all the network executives and the the, uh, studio executives um, along with the creative team. And then they all vote on the different actors. And They usually bring six or eight actors in for any any uh, sitcom, drama, any kind of thing that's on TV. It always happens. It's called it's called going to the network to test. Okay. And it's it's it, it, I'm only totally telling you this as an example of the fact that for any role on any show, there's usually a half a dozen people who would do it just as well. It's just a question of who tests well, you know, yeah. who votes for who, and that's a matter of taste, you know, just. Uh, who goes with who. So I was just very lucky that day that I I happened to get it.
3: And I know a lot of fans uh, of the show and just everything that you've been doing with the, you know, the voice of Batman is really glad that you know Warner Brothers was like, "Yeah, we're going to go with you." So, I mean, cause you
1: <laughs> I'm really glad too. <laughs> but then it really grew. I mean, no one knew what it was going to turn into. This was just going to be, you know, one season. We had no idea it was going to be as big as it was. First of all, Warner Brothers spent. Twi- I don't know if you know this. They spent twice as much per half hour as had been previously spent really? on an animated show. Yeah, they doubled the budget. <laughs> so it wasn't an accident that it looked so rich and that it looked so much like a a feature. Yeah. When it went on, I mean, the the artwork was beautiful, and mm-hmm. there was a full symphony score for a TV animation. I mean, this was this was unbelievable. Yeah. The effort. Uh, they were putting into this. Uh, Mark Hamill and I were both sitting in the, uh, ADR booth the same day that the first footage came back, about six months after we'd started recording. And, you know, after about six months, you, you see what the artwork is, and then you sync it up, that you sync the soundtrack with the visual. Yeah. Um, the soundtrack's done first, like a radio play. And then, um, and then those recordings are sent off to artists, and they paint the show. And then, um, there's a sync-up period which is called ADR, and you kind of you know fill in extra mouth flaps or grunts or groans or fight scenes um, and clean it up. And Mark and I were in the ADR studio together when the first footage came back. This was in 92. And this full screen at Warner Brothers comes up with this incredible symphony score and this rush of color and these beautiful graphics. And I looked at him and I said did you have a clue that this is what we were doing? He said, no. He said, I am blown away. We were both just sitting with our jaws hanging open. It was so beautiful. Oh. So um, so this, I only tell you that story, that it wasn't an accident, that it, it looked so good and that it got such a great response from the audience. They put a, The studio put a lot of effort into it.
3: Yeah, I, mean, I think you touched on that really well. I mean, uh, I want, I'm going to get to you and Mark Hamill in a second. But just with what you were saying, if you were watching the lineup that Fox had during that time, it was like cartoon, cartoon, actual dramatic show, meaning Batman, and then cartoon, right. cartoon. I mean, the colors were dark. Everything was great, and it brought out the true sense of Batman in a, in a way that all audiences could check it out. And
1: also, you know, it was the first time a show had been painted on a black uh, background oh, really? for animation. Oh, really? Okay. So that's part of why it had that really noir feel to it and look to it. Instead of a real, it artwork on a light color background or on a clear background, it was on black. Okay. So um, it gave it a real dark quality.
3: Nice. Yeah, and you can definitely tell through uh, this, the animated series. Now getting back to uh, you and Mark, a lot of people that either follow the show or follow Mark Hamill's career, of course he played Skywalker in Star Wars and all that, but some, a lot of people don't know that he... Had this great voice for the Joker. I love yeah. watching you guys, and when they have like YouTube clips of you guys actually, you know, doing uh, <laughs> stuff, because it's it's great to see that. And I think I know you get this a lot, but you guys have the best chemistry for the banter between Batman and the Joker, not only in the series but in video games like Arkham Asylum and Arkham City. When I'm playing those games, it's like I'm watching a movie. And I and yeah, I do love playing the games, but I I, I love hearing the interaction between you two because I mean, you guys nail it to perfection.
1: Mark and I, we we work so well together. That was just, and then there again, that was just luck of casting. He is basically a theater actor in, his, in originally, and um, and so am I. And and theater actors are a little different. They they really like to play the game. You know what I mean? <laughs> they like to, you know, acting is about throwing a ball back and forth and you have to be generous with the ball you have to you know throw the 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 scene to the other guy and and wait for him to throw it back to you and then it's all reaction and reaction and 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 like a child being able to really go go with the flow you know go with what the person's giving you and to be silly sometimes and to and to not necessarily do what you were planning on doing to let yourself be surprised and mark has all of that in spades he has all of that quality. He's, he has great imagination. He has great vocal range. And he has the imagination of a child. So that, <laughs> nice. so that when you throw him the ball, he just runs with it. And then he throws it back to you. And, and we both have that instinct in us really well. And so we get in the booth together. We go crazy. We have a lot of fun. <laughs> and, and it was a great thing because, you know, when there's a new show, um, nothing's been established yet. Yeah. You know what I mean? No identity has been established yet. So, um, we were all establishing new relationships, uh, not just with our characters, but with each other and with, you know, each episode brings in six or seven guest stars. So they come in not knowing what they're getting into. So it was so great that Mark and I had this great chemistry and we worked really well with Andrea and Bruce and Paul, uh, so that when guests came in from outside, it got to be known pretty quickly that Batman was a really cool gig to book. Yeah. Um, everyone wanted to come in and do guest voices because word got around that it was a lot of fun. Um, not all shows are a lot of fun. You know some of them are a lot of work.
3: Yeah.
1: This, was, this was a show that was a lot of fun to work on, and everyone left having really had a great, a great working experience, and that had a lot to do with the interaction of the actors. So so that Mar- Mark and I just really loved uh, working together. I hope to work with them a lot in the future.
3: I-, I love the fact that you guys were saying Game of Catch going back and forth. And yeah. you said that Mark will run with it. Did you guys ever have an episode where, I know you guys are going to be professional, but you ever try and almost have an episode where you kind of look at each other and like, all right, I'm going to one-up you on this one?
1: <laughs> well, it would be hard to one-up Mark Hamill's Joker, let me tell you. But... Um, we we play with each other a lot, but um, yeah. there's no uh, there's no one-upmanship or anything like
3: that. Gotcha. Now, the game that's going to be coming out from DC, Injustice Gods Among Us, you're playing the voice of Batman. Is there a difference between doing voice acting for a video game and an animated series? Like, what's the difference between it? Uh,
1: uh, <laughs> it is. I mean, you have no idea what you've just asked. It's so <laughs> different. It's like another planet. It's like Mars and Venus. It's just, you know, acting in, in, in the episodes is like doing a play, you know, when you're six or eight of you in a booth together and you're interacting and you're feeding each other energy. And, you know, it's like I was saying before, it's playing ball. There's a, there's a, there's a give and take. There's, there's just a lot of energy in the room. When you do a game, you're alone in a booth for four hours at a time, a session, <laughs> then you get about an hour for lunch, and then another four-hour session, and that's a day, and then that wow. happens the next day, and then the day after that, and the day after that, and then, you know, a month later, you go back, and you do another couple of sessions, and then a month later, you're going go to go another, they can go on, I've done games where, you know, will go on for eight months, where you just, every month, you're going in for a few days, just locked in a booth, and the the experience is completely different than, than doing a show because you're alone. You've got to be your own source of energy. Uh, you've got to keep your character alive, keep him real, keep to Batman. Yeah. But I don't have anyone to reference it to. It's you know it's all me. Um, and I have to feed myself my energy. And then they want um, four different readings for each line oh, depending on God. how it's going to be edited together. Yeah. And then they'll want four or five different takes of each reading and now could you do that with a little irony oh that was great (laughs) keep the irony and now can we have it with the irony and a smile that was great irony and smile now a little dagger just put a little dagger no that was too much dagger pull it back pull it back okay and now could you do that keep it that and just do it louder okay keep it there and just do it a little softer a little softer and i'm telling you after the four-hour session you're ready you're dripping with sweat, and yeah. you're ready to pull your hair out because it's 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 a little mind bending. It's 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 very different than acting. It's it's a different kind of trick. You know, it's a different kind of talent. Um, but when you see the results, uh, like with Arkham um, Asylum, yeah, it's just so incredible. You think, wow, it was really worth it. You know, this was absolutely worth it. But the process is not. An enjoyable process. It's not why you become an actor. Let me put it that way. You know, life life is life is uh, always throws you curveballs. You know, remember? Well, doing games was one of those curveballs that came at me. It's not why I became an actor, but when I see the results. Uh, I'm happy that I did it, you know?
3: Yeah. And I'll, I'll go back to the animated series and films to not get you sweating on the, uh, on the, on this conversation right now. But yeah. rumors, I heard that uh, coming out with a flash point storyline dealing with the flash, but also Batman's in there. Do you think you might be uh, getting the role
1: of that? I, I can't talk about upcoming stuff. I'm sorry. Okay. They've given me a really hard time because about a year ago or or it was even more, um, I let it slip something that I was doing. And, I thought it was why they sent me to comic Cons was to promote the product. I said, why did you send me if you didn't want me to talk about the product? He said, don't say anything until we've told you to say it. We weren't ready for that release. And I said, but I'm giving you free publicity. Why am I there? They said, you're there to be Batman, to get the audience happy, you know, to get everyone excited. I said, but if I'm not talking about the product, what's the point? So they said, just never say anything until we've told you to. So okay i have two i have all i'll tell you is there are two uh big things that i'm working on that are coming out that i i'm not going to say anymore
3: nice man my past oh. two questions are definitely putting you through the grind now huh? what about video games <laughs> <laughs>
1: well it's just it's so ironic i would think that that's what they would want actors to do is to sell their product for them yeah and it gets people in so much trouble because they're they're very protective of how they release this stuff, how they launch them, mm-hmm. how they market them. They they want to control everything about it, and uh, so they don't want anything getting out about anything. Gotcha. So I, unfortunately, I, I'm afraid I can't tell you anything.
3: Right. No, nope. I, I appreciate it. Actually, it was a good answer. You gave me a little bit of a snippet of what possibly to come, so I'm excited for that, so thank you. <laughs> Earlier in this conversation, you and I were talking about your knowledge of Batman. You said that you really didn't know too, too much of it. They kind of explained the Bob Kane dark version and all that. Yeah. Now, have you kind of read a couple of comics from the Batman line?
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, no. God, I've been doing it for 22 years. I've, okay. I've immersed myself in it. Did you know that Bob Kane lived in the Bronx when he wrote Batman? No. And that he he came up with the idea in Poe Park. Yeah. Uh, there's, a, there's a park in the Bronx named after Poe, and he was there with the other creator of Batman, and they were tossing around ideas and that's where they came up with the idea
3: wow nice Isn't that remember, cool. Yeah. It's a
1: little trivia yeah. <laughs> about new york <laughs> nice. that that batman's the concept was actually born in new york yeah. and the whole Gotham city thing and all, all of that was very new york centric and and the bronx has is very proud of the fact that uh, <laughs> they were the birth the inspiration the birthplace of uh, of the batman idea
3: nice is that sometimes why you give the nickname Gotham? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. You also said earlier you went to the Juilliard School. Uh, you studied acting. What kind of yeah. major things did you take from going there? And also, too, I'm, I'm guessing, do they have voice acting courses at all or no?
1: No. Okay. It's You know, I, I shouldn't say that now because I was there a long time ago. So I don't know what they do now. Okay. But then it was a really traditional... European style acting program on the Royal Academy kind of uh, very very traditional you know uh, dance classes, voice classes, acting classes, fencing, uh, French mask technique. Uh, I studied with a mask master who who had worked um, was from Paris named Pierre lefebvre and uh, Robin Williams was was in my class me. <laughs> and, You
3: know,
1: Robin was like if you can imagine a more more of a genius at doing mask work, um, he would create these characters that were just, I mean, just unbelievable. You know, and everyone was very competitive. And you'd see Robin, and you'd think, all oh, right, I give up. I, I give up. I can't compete with this guy. <laughs> He's just, this is genius, you know. It was it was an amazing place to be. I mean, uh, the first class was like people like Patti LaPone and Kevin Klein and, oh, wow. and uh, David Styers. My class had... Uh, uh, as I said, um, Robin and uh, Kelsey Grammer and Francis Conroy wow. and uh, Diane Venora. Um, it, it was an amazing class, and uh, and it was just it was it was a fascinating time to be there. Of course, everybody was broke, and everyone was really young, and we didn't know really what we were doing. But there was an amazing amount of energy and creativity bouncing around that building. Um, but it was a very traditional theater training program, which trained you for a business that almost doesn't exist anymore. I mean, the theater that we were trained to do was, you know, the classics, the classical theater. And that's, that's almost, you know, it, it exists in so few places now. Yeah. Uh, TV took over, film took over. Um, uh, people can't really survive doing theater anymore. Um, but, um, but anyone who go, comes from that background always loves going back to the theater to work in it. Um, but you can't make a living at it. So it was a great training program. Uh, amazing training program.
3: Right, no, no, that, that was great. I just that's phenomenal with the class that you <laughs> you were in. That's great. I mean, it must have been Isn't
1: that great? Oh, and uh, Mandy Patinkin, he was a year <laughs> ahead of me. Oh, and Christine Ebersole. I mean, Christine uh, Baranski. Yeah. Uh, Christine was a year ahead of me. Wow. Um, Joe, uh, Bill Hurt. Oh I was okay. there? Yeah. Um who else? I mean it's just amazing. I mean you you list the people who were wandering around there. <laughs> um
3: if Walls could talk, but, right?
1: <laughs> yeah.
3: Also too, you played Hamlet and do you kind of see when you played uh, the role of Hamlet? No,
1: no, I have to correct you. That has gotten, you know, things get on the web or on the <laughs> Internet, and they take on a life of their own. Oh, okay. I never claimed that, okay. and I didn't play Hamlet. Okay. I was in Hamlet okay. at the public, directed by Joseph Papp, but I played Laertes. Okay. Um, I have to correct that. And, you know, every time I try to change these things on – on any of those websites, it's it's almost impossible to.
3: <laughs> and it's you trying to change it. It should be, like, easy because it's like, hey, this is me. I'm trying to let you know the truth.
1: <laughs> oh, no, there's you'd be amazed. I mean, there's a real Kevin Conroy website that is hugely popular, yeah. but it's not me. Okay. Um, so I'm trying to get that taken down.
3: Isn't that surreal for you? It's-,
1: it's flattering. It's so flattering that someone would bother, but at the same time, you know, they're pretending to be me. <laughs> it's a little weird. <laughs>
3: yeah.
1: But no, I played Laertes at The Public, and it was, um, it was a really wonderful production. Uh, James Cromwell was Horatio,
3: okay.
1: who went on to do a lot of film work, Jamie Cromwell. Diane Venora was in it, and uh, it was a great production. But Joseph Papp directed it himself. And I did Midsummer Night's Dream in the Park with James Lapine and Christine Baranski wow. and Bill Hurt. Yeah. I've done a lot of uh, productions of King Lear. I did a lot of Shakespeare. Before I started doing television. and uh,
3: Is theater your favorite venue?
1: Yeah, theater is where the actors are in charge.
3: Okay.
1: Uh, TV is where the writers are in charge. Mm-hmm. And film is where the directors are in charge. Okay. Each one is a medium for a different talent. Nice. And the talent of acting really is in charge on the stage. You control that moment. You control the space. You're alive. You know? and it's all about the interaction with the audience. It's really, it's really exciting.
3: Nice. Also, you kind of mentioned about Comic-Cons, about when they say, like, don't say this or that, but you've been to different ones. Of course, your panel is one of the most favorites of people coming to see you.
1: I have a blast at those panels. I really do.
3: Do you have stories or something that will stick out that will always be, like, ingrained when you think of Comic-Con? The
1: the amazing thing is some of the stuff that you're asked to sign. (laughs) Um, Okay. Like body parts. Okay. You know what I mean? (laughs) I mean, some amazing, you know, you you want me to sign what? You know? (laughs) (laughs) the great thing about comic-con is that it's a real cross-section of the whole culture yeah you know it's the it's the wackos and then it's the (laughs) hardcore you know super fans and then it's the serious serious egghead fans I mean you get everybody in there you get you know intellectuals and whack jobs you get everybody (laughs) it's so interesting Especially the big ones like San Diego and New York. Yeah. It's it's fascinating. You get a real cross section of the culture. They're really interesting.
3: I took a couple of some of the guys that I um, do a show with as well. We uh, did a, a live broadcast, I think it was 2010, and we brought some friends over um, with us too. And they were amazed at some of the details that these people put into their costume. Like there was an oh, actual yeah. Predator costume, there was uh, like a legitimate Batman costume. I mean, it looked like. Someone stole Michael Keaton's outfit. People that are not into comics or have, you know, didn't like, yeah, okay, I'll see a movie here and there. Had no idea how far people go to make sure that their own representation of their character, their favorite character.
1: Well, it's kind of humbling for me when I meet a lot of the audience at Comic Con because they tend to know more about <laughs> the yeah. history of the show than I do. Yeah. You know, they'll come up to me in this perfectly executed Batman outfit and say, now. In in episode one twenty three, when they changed the color of the logo, how did that affect your line reading of "Get Out of Here, Iceman" or whatever? I think, what is he talking about? Like, you know, I I don't know what. It's so embarrassing because I haven't don't have a clue usually what the guy's talking about. But, they know a lot more about the anthology than I do, which is impressive and admirable i I just uh you know it's embarrassing
3: <laughs> true um, I got to say thank you so much for taking the time it's been a real pleasure talking to you. I have to Great. say one of the lines that I always repeat, even I have my wife repeating it, and I have two daughters they're they're you know five and two, and I think they might even repeat it because I say it so much, I always say like if I have no answer to what they're saying to me. I go, sometimes when you look into the abyss, the abyss looks back at you. I think you were saying that to Alfred. I just got to say, like, that line and the way you delivered it always will stick with me forever.
1: (laughs) Thank you. Sometimes when you look into the abyss, the abyss looks back at you. Thank you so much for indulging me in that.
3: This was great. The pleasure was all on my side, and I can't wait to uh, actually check out the game, uh, Injustice Gods Among Us, and I'm going to be looking forward on the old interwebs to see uh, what you got cooking, because I know you can't take it <laughs> now, but <laughs> I can't wait for that. And this, It's been truly a pleasure to learn everything that you put into Batman, and trust me, I, I, I know you know this, but uh, all the fans of the show really appreciate you, and especially you and Mark's uh, work on the show.
1: I appreciate that. Thanks a lot. All right, you take care. Take care. Bye bye. For more
2: good stuff, go to mastersofnone.com
1: and follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Masters of None.